What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and I'm not going to lie with you guys. It's a little bit of a rough week in these waiver streets, but you guys know if it's Tuesday, I'm going to be giving you guys my top 10 must-add waiver wire pickups. We'll go through some running backs, some wide receivers, some tight ends, all under 50% owned on ESPN. Let's not waste any time. If you enjoy the video at any point, make sure you down below. Subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, before we get into our priority ads for week seven, make sure you check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart on there. I drop an article every single Tuesday going through all of my waiver targets, like 10 to 15 deep for every position, giving some notes, some stats on those players. And then most importantly, how much fab I would recommend bidding on each of those players. I don't have that number in my head right now because we kind of need more information. I need to sit down, sort of get that all figured out. This video just acts as sort of a primer for that article that I release on the Patreon. You also get my weekly rankings, my rest of season rankings, my start sit streams on Sunday, all of that good stuff, plus all the dynasty stuff. That'll all be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart at the top of the description and the top of the comments below. Now for these waiver wire pickups, we divide them into priority ads, guys that I would bid like 15% or more of my fab budget on. If it's rolling waivers, I would use like top three priority on these guys. Then we just have my ads, which are guys I would just let roll through waivers, pick them up for free, maybe snag them for like a dollar or two, your lower end guys. Now, when we talk about our priority ads this week, we do have a couple or a few, if you will. All right, yet again, I am coming to you guys the next day to give you Latavius Murray Monday Night Football news slash updates, whatever. Latavius Murray this week will be a priority ad that I'm adding in late here. And this is because out of nowhere, we had a game where we thought Latavius Murray would just be the kind of change of pace back. Melvin Gordon would be the lead. Mike Boone would be the receiving back. And last night, Latavius Murray comes out here in his first game as a Bronco and sees 49% of the snaps 15 of 19 running back carries. He only had 7.4 points, but still promising usage here, especially if Melvin Gordon is on the move, which is the biggest story here because Melvin Gordon was out there. He had three carries for eight yards, and then that was it. He had his helmet off on the sideline. He was like sort of disgruntled. He made some comments after the game that were a little bit, uh, not a shot at the Broncos, but a little bit of a, hey, what the heck was that? It seems like he might get traded. He might get cut. It does seem like at the very least his time in Denver is limited. So when we're talking about Latavius Murray, he is right now, I guess, like the presumed lead back on the Broncos, right? Of course, Melvin Gordon, it's not definite that he's done with the team. I would say it's probably 50-50 that he's done with the team. And even with those odds, I think you still have to go out there and make an effort to grab Murray. I'd have him right on the fringe of a priority ad here, just given the upside that he could see 15 or more touches not every week, but pretty often if he was their lead guy. Now, of course, they could trade for a McCaffrey, a Kareem Hunt, if they do get rid of Melvin Gordon, which would screw things up. And these are also the guys who thought Eric Salbert is better than Albert O. So we don't really know what they're thinking ever, if they even think that Latavius Murray is the guy within their own walls. But I think at the very least, Latavius Murray is a priority ad. I wanted to give you guys an update here to give you guys the most relevant information on waiver day that you can find anywhere on YouTube. So that is my Latavius Murray take here for anybody out there that you know saw the stuff last night. None of these YouTube videos that talk about waivers are really covering Latavius Murray. So that is my take on Latavius Murray. I wouldn't go crazy. I don't think there's a ton of upside there, but it seems like he's the favorite to be the lead back for the Broncos, at least in the short term, as it seems like Melvin Gordon 
feels like his his days are numbered here. Now, next after this, we have Brian Robinson now. And the first one here is Brian Robinson Jr., who's kind of in the back of our minds after that Thursday night game. But Brian Robinson is the lead back for an NFL franchise, but yet he is available in over half of ESPN leagues. He ended up with 17 carries, 60 yards. I think that was under a four yard per carry, so not super efficient, but 17 for 60 yards and a touchdown. It's clear at the very least that the coaches want him to have volume and to be their lead guy. He led all running backs on Washington with 47% of the snaps. You had McKissick taking about a quarter of the snaps. He took the passing down work. And then you had Gibson taking another quarter of the snaps, pretty much just being the change of pace guy. Now, Robinson doesn't have a massive ceiling because he doesn't have a receiving role. I don't think he's been targeted through two weeks at this point. Don't hold me to that. But he just doesn't really get used in the passing game because J.D. McKissick is already there and because it's not really Brian Robinson's bread and butter. So you have the between the tackles grinder and goal line back on a team that's not going to have a ton of leads and not going to win a ton of games. So it's not the best tier, but it's still a good role we want off waivers where he handled four of five snaps inside the 10. He handled two out of two snaps on the goal line. He will see like 10 plus rushes every week. He'll see all the goal line work. So he feels sort of like Raheem Mostert a few weeks ago before he fully took over that Miami backfield. He's not super sexy, but he's someone that you can put in zero RB and hero RB lineups this week out the gates. Then our next priority ad is going to be Rondell Moore, who's only taken in 46.5% of ESPN leagues. He's now seen 5, 8, and 10 targets in his last three games, and he has back-to-back 10-point games here. Originally, Rondell wasn't going to be all that interesting because we had DeAndre Hopkins coming back, so you had D-Hop, you had Marquise Brown, you had Zach Ertz, all in front of Rondell Moore in the target tree. So that wasn't going to be super interesting, but now that Marquise Brown has an injury, which sucks... It seems like he'll be out anywhere from six weeks to the full season. So that opens up a lot of opportunity for Rondale Moore, where yes, DeAndre Hopkins will be back, but he's in a little bit of a different role where he'll be playing on the outside, sort of being the X wide receiver, while Rondale Moore will have more manufactured touches out of the slot at the line of scrimmage. So with Marquise Brown's injury, Rondale Moore should probably be rostered everywhere. It's clear that they want to get him involved. Then our last priority ad for week seven is Wandale Robinson. And I always talk about this on our waiver shows, but we want rookies. They have the most upside at wide receiver off of waivers. We saw last year with Devonta Smith, Waddle, Elijah Moore, Jamar Chase, Amon Ross St. Brown was a playoff winner. We've seen it with Ayuk. We've seen it with T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson. We've seen it a million times, even with like guys like Chase Claypool, these guys backload their PPR points and they give you a lot of upside in the fantasy playoffs. Wando Robinson is just that. He comes back from injury in his first full game yesterday. He has four targets, three catches, 37 yards, a touchdown, 12.7 points. Now, it doesn't seem like a crazy amount of production, but he only ran a route on a third of the pass plays. Dable was kind of being cautious here he actually came out after the game saying that they were being cautious because of the knee injury and that he should see more snaps as the weeks go on now thankfully on a per route basis Wando Robinson looks like a stud he's the only rookie wide receiver right now with five or more targets not named Drake London with a 30 percent or better target per out run a two or better yards per out run and a 75 or better PFF receiving grade that's very exciting on a per route basis he looks very good and I can't see why with Marcus Johnson, David Sills, just an absolute who's who of a wide receiver room, why he wouldn't climb up that depth chart and become really interesting on what's becoming a really fun and really high scoring offense with these Giants. Then we have our ads, which are much yuckier than our priority ads. First up, we have Deion Jackson. We'll talk through the running backs, some wide receivers, some tight ends here, 
And with Deion Jackson, he went crazy. He was the RB1 on the week. He scored more points than Jonathan Taylor has scored since I think the stat was like week 11. He had 12 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown, but it was through the air. He had 10 catches for 79 yards through the air, had 28.1 PPR points. Now, it's tough because he's not going to win the job here. You have Jonathan Taylor coming back. You have Naeem Hines coming back. But if either of them miss any more time than just this week, he should be on rosters, probably even in lineups. Like, even if, if Naeem Hines can't go, but Jonathan Taylor can, Deion Jackson with 10 catches this week, if he just takes over that Naeem Hines role, he could be somebody fun in that, like, wide receiver 30 or running back 35 conversation for this week. We'll see what happens, but he's somebody that's interesting enough that he should be added just in case the Colts running backs can't go this week. Then we have Kenyon Drake, who had 19.7 points on 10 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. I will say, I don't really think that sticks. He'll probably see like 8 to 10 touches like he was seeing in the beginning of the season without J.K. Dobbins, but I don't think you can really bank on that efficiency here with a guy like Kenyon Drake, who in the beginning of the year wasn't doing anything really. The bigger story here is J.K. Dobbins' knee tightened up. He didn't play in the second half. You can maybe blame it on like the MetLife turf, right? MetLife turf gave Sterling Shepard some issues where he like tore his ACL just like running in a straight line so maybe MetLife turf is that bad but this could mean that Dobbins misses time which would open things for Drake it would also open things for Gus Edwards who I think is a great ad as well he was activated activated off of IR fairly recently this backfield's a mess right you have Dobbins who we don't know if he's hurt if he'll play we have Drake who's looked good but we know that that's only a flash in the pan and then we have Gus Edwards waiting in the wings as long as Lamar Jackson's out there in this offensive scoring points and being really efficient on the ground these running backs have to be rostered, but I can't really tell you which one should be started this week. Next, we have Malcolm Brown here, and this Rams backfield has been pretty awful. No running back yesterday averaged more than 3.6 yards per carry. Akers was inactive. He said that he wasn't playing for personal reasons. It seems like maybe he wants to trade. It seems like retirement's up in the air. Really weird situation. It also doesn't seem like they want Henderson to be their bell cow. He had 15 of 25 opportunities, 71% snap rate. They were getting Malcolm Brown involved. They were getting Ronnie Rivers involved. There's a chance that they trade for a running back, but there's a chance that they don't. And just because we know that this offense with the Rams, they want a bell cow, they want to score the ball. If Darrell Hunters wants to go down, Malcolm Brown, you hate to say it, but he would be interesting. So I think that he needs to be picked up. And then I also think Kyron Williams needs to be picked up. Now, it is important to note, don't go out there, blow a bunch of fab on these guys because the Rams have a bye in week seven. So you won't be able to use any of them until week eight. There's a chance that they go into the buy and they trade for a running back. Cam Akers isn't on the team. There's a lot of variance that can happen here. So I don't mind just sort of stashing the Rams running backs and hoping for the best because they could come out of the buy and trade away Akers, but then just have a pretty empty backfield of Henderson, uh, Kyron Williams, Malcolm Brown, which in that case, Kyron Williams needs to be rostered as well. I think he's a good pickup where he was a decent prospect. He kind of fell because of a bad combine, but he reminds me of kind of an Eno Benjamin where he's a slower pass catching back out of Notre Dame. That has like a decent analytical profile. If he gets worked in, this room is so wide open outside of Henderson, he could be the immediate handcuff on a pretty good team. Then our last running backs to add here are Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. With all the Christian McCaffrey trade buzz, he goes out there against LA, a team that needs running backs bad. He goes crazy. He might not even leave LA. They might trade for him. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think teams really want to give up a ton for a running back. So McCaffrey might not get traded, but the Panthers just traded Robbie Anderson. They're willing to move pieces. We'll see if McCaffrey gets traded. But the trade deadline is November 1st. So you don't have to hold these guys for a long time. You pick up Deonta Foreman, you pick up Chuba Hubbard, you hold on to him until the trade deadline happens, and you hope Christian McCaffrey gets moved. Because if they if he gets moved, they wouldn't really have a reason to go pick up another running back. It would probably be a two-headed backfield here between Foreman and Hubbard. 
and one of them would probably be extremely usable for fantasy. Now, if you ask me which one I prefer, I think both are great pickups, but I would prefer Foreman for now. He had five opportunities to Hubbard's three yesterday, and he had a 23% snap share to Trooper Hubbard's 9%. It's still clear that neither one of them is like the clear number two here, so that's why I think they're both great ads, but again, I would lean Foreman. Now, speaking of Panthers playmakers, we have Robbie Anderson here, who the Cardinals trade for after Marquise Brown's injury, which is pretty interesting here, where Anderson gets a quarterback upgrade from Baker Mayfield, from P.J. Walker, from Jacob Eason, to Kyler Murray. Now, he hasn't had top 60 finish since week one. You can maybe put that on quarterback play. You can maybe just put that on Robbie Anderson not being amazing. I can't say he'll be super relevant on the Cardinals, but he should be sort of like a DJ Chark or Zay Jones, where he'll be like a rosterable wide receiver. He'll have his spike weeks. Cardinals need field treachers bad. All they had was Marquise Brown. I mean, Greg Dortch, AJ Green, they're not going to get downfield and catch passes. At least Robbie Anderson can kind of give you like a 40-yard bomb here and there. I think he'll have a spike week, so probably be better in best ball, but he's still somebody that probably should be rostered just in case if he does sort of flash in a new spot. Then we have Alec Pierce here. I always talk about this. Rookie wide receivers, they have upside. We talked about it with Wandale Robinson. So I think Pierce is a little bit cheaper than Wandale Robinson, and he's still worth betting on. He was looked really good last week. He had a little bit of a down week here where his route participation sort of stalled out around 70%, but he now has four straight games with five or more targets. He has three straight games with 12 or more PPR points, and this week he only hauled in three of seven targets, but seven targets is still good. He had 49 yards and a touchdown, which is good, and he's this fun upside profile that's worth betting on. He's like this field stretcher. He's athletic. It's tough because this offense isn't great, but if they let Matt Ryan throw the ball like 50 times again, or if they let him throw the ball more than he has in the past, he has a path to upside. But again, you're just kind of betting on the talent here, hoping the situation kind of, you know, the ping pong balls bounce in your direction. Then for our 10th must add here, I'll give you guys three for the price of one. We'll go through some tight ends real quick. I like Mike Gusecki, who had seven targets, six catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns for 24.9 points. The gritty was hilarious. People were like on Twitter, like mad about the gritty. I don't know if I, I got to imagine that he thinks that it looks funny, but it's it's hilarious, dude. The he he whips out the gritty, and it's like it's like so awful that you have to die laughing on the couch when you see it on Red Zone. Uh, he saw a season high in route percentage at seventy five percent. If that sticks, he'll be a streamable tight end on a really fun offense. We just have to see that stick, which is pretty much the the story of the day with these tight ends. If the route participation holds for these three guys, they will be streamable. Next, we have Hunter Henry, who even with John Smith in the lineup, he still saw 97% of the snaps. He saw 75% of the routes. He had 16.1 PPR points. Again, if the route participation sticks, he'll be streamable. And then Robert Tanya, 76% of the routes, a season high for him. He had 10 catches for 90 yards, 19 PPR points. He benefited from Randall Cobb not being in the game, but maybe that route participation sticks moving forward, which would make him a streamable tight end. Now that is going to do it for us today, fellas. Again, as always, if you want to know exactly how much fab I'm bidding on each and every single one of these players, that'll be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. It'll be in the comments. It'll be down below in the description as well. But if you want to contribute to the channel without checking out the Patreon, like, subscribe, comments go a long way. So if you enjoyed, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And as always, I will see you guys in the next one. I got the juice. I got the juice. Channel, on. Foolies glad I'm home. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my vagabond. Rapper song, singer, suspended subpoena for misdemeanors. Dream.